these skills that Kevin Durant has that y'all all love and That's glorify the guys who's allegedly don't have those skills, <laughs> they've done more for their franchises. And that's just like a fact. And all we ever do is get excuses bailing him out. Get him. We get shoe sizes when there was a whole I mean, a whole, I'm sorry, a whole oh, oh, yes, yes, not, not, not as a show. <laughs> there was a whole overtime and all I hear about is the guy's shoe size. Get him. Kevin Durant chose Brooklyn. He chose mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving as his teammate. They didn't want a very good coach and Kenny Atkinson who was there there. These are all things that they wanted. I think players like Kevin Durant, he's not the only one. There's other players who come with high maintenance. And what I'm saying is Tim Duncan, Stephen Curry, Giannis, players like that have showed us you don't have to be like that and you can still have success. She came and took the mic from the Reverend and said, I got a story to tell. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to your Wednesday episode of Brother from Another. No, it is not Michael Smith and Michael Holly, but it is Natalie and Iman of the Hoopstresses. Um, and we have a lot to discuss with you guys today. Friends of the show, but if you're not familiar with us, I'll just go ahead and reintroduce myself. I am Natalie. Uh, I am host of the All Nat Pod. I am also the creator of Hoopstresses and one of the co-hosts of At the Buzzer with the Hoopstresses presented by Buzzer. And I'll let Iman introduce herself. Uh, yes, my name is Iman Adan, and I'm appalled at you speaking about a future Toronto Raptor like that. Um, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, also, a part of Hoopstresses and a co-host of Dishes and Dimes, and you can find my work at Basketball News, Yahoo, and yeah, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to talk about Kevin Durant because he's been dominating, dominating um, free agency. And honestly, to be honest, I am tired of Kevin Durant. Really, I'm tired of free agency, not Kevin Durant. I'm just tired of free agency. I'm exhausted because the news broke that he requested a trade, and that was last week, and nothing has happened. And, you know, we live in a society of now, now, now. So I'm tired. I'm tired of waiting. I just want to know what's happening with him and Kyrie. So there will be no profanity today, but <laughs> we will still be discussing Kevin Durant. And like you mentioned, Iman, the Raptors are a team that potentially is in the running for Kevin Durant. I think right now they have the Vegas second best odds. So tell me about that. What do you think are the chances of the Raptors getting Kevin Durant? First, I just want to say it's, it's, we're, we're living in an era of the NBA where a player can be signed for four years without a single player option and still be dictating NBA free agency. Like you're not a free agent. You won't be a free agent until what, 2026? <laughs> like you have a long time left. The fact that this is what's dominating free agency is hilarious in and of itself. Um, and as for the Raptors, chances of getting Kevin Durant, I do think that they probably have the best offer to put forth. The Raptors just don't want to put that forward. Um, and understandably so. Scotty Barnes was just the rookie of the year. I think a deal for Kevin Durant will probably have to revolve around a guy like Scotty Barnes. I know a lot of people have been tossing the name Pascal Siakam out there. Pascal Siakam, for one, is 28. And the Nets seem to want someone who is 24 and under. 
Um, and that's an all-star caliber player. Sure, that is Pascal Siakam, but he is older than that. And beyond that, I don't know that the Raptors want to bring in a guy like Kevin Durant, whose window title is right now, like his window title is yesterday, and have him paired next to a 20-year-old who is still learning and still growing and not yet at that all-star level. There's no doubt in my mind that Scotty Barnes can reach that. He's just not there right now. So if the Raptors were to use someone like Pascal in a trade, that would probably mean they're pairing him alongside Fred VanVleet, who's great and was an all-star last year, and Scotty Barnes. And I just don't know that that team is ready to win a title right away. Whereas pairing Kevin Durant with Pascal Siakam, we just saw Pascal with Kawhi. He was the perfect Scotty Pippen to Kawhi's Michael Jordan. He is the perfect secondary option on a championship team. That's a team that the Raptors would probably want to put forth, but I don't think the Raptors have the stomach to trade a 20-year-old for someone who's 34 and has only played 95 games in the last three years. That just seems like too much to give up for someone like Kevin Durant. And although we've seen Masai make big swings in the past, this would be the biggest and the riskiest and Masai's not not that kind of president. Okay. I've seen I've seen some people suggesting that you wouldn't have to give up Scotty Barnes or Pascal. And I'm like, are the Brooklyn Nets um imbeciles? But I'm not sure. I mean like why would anyone do a trade that didn't involve at least one of those two players? Uh, honestly, not not to disparage the Spurs at all, but I was thinking the same thing when I was like, you're not going to include Pascal or OG in a trade for Kev- for Kawhi Leonard. Why would the Spurs ever agree to something like that? And it got done. <laughs> so Messiah's um, done it before, but I, I do think that when people are saying that the Raptors would not give up anything like Gary and OG, but nothing sort of more than that, they're kind of operating off of like what Masai is probably offering there. And I do believe that that's what the Raptors would feel comfortable giving up. And if we're looking at the history of Masai trades, one thing he does do is take advantage of teams that might have, you know, a, you just call them an imbecile, a moment like that, just like a brief moment. He did that with the Kings a number of times. He's done that with the Knicks a bunch of times, whether he was the president or general manager of the Denver Nuggets or the Toronto Raptors. So he kind of preys on teams in this position, never operates from having a lower hand. He only ever operates from having the upper hand. And I think if the Raptors get involved in a net steal, it's because the Raptors feel like they have the upper hand. If they're giving up too much, I just don't see Kevin Durant being a Raptor, which is why I don't think it's all that likely to happen. Yeah, it's it's hard to say whether the Nets are a competent organization, right? Like, I don't think we've known. They've changed um, ownership and GMs. So, and I think a lot of people look at the way the last few years have been handled and don't think they're a competent org. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I think they did what a lot of orgs would do and sort of let their stars run the show and maybe that was to their detriment or it probably is to their detriment. But I think that they should just stand pat, like run it back. They just executed another trade. Like to me, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's best chance to win is actually right now with the team that they currently have. Ben Simmons ideally would be coming back. Um, they get some depth, um, some defense. And you run it back. He's locked in for four years. Kyrie Irving's locked in for the season. Winning cures all. Like, I cannot believe a team with those players would not be a top four seed in the East. Those you are have my thoughts. four years. Yeah, you have four years of Kevin Durant. You have all of the leverage there. So I completely agree with you. I just sort of look at this Nets team, and as opposed to calling anyone incompetent and in building this team, I just look at what the Nets are, and I think 
the you know non big market teams and teams that aren't in Los Angeles and teams that aren't in New York should kind of be happy a little bit that this is proving not to work out you can't just have superstars come together and decide to build a team Sean Wright's right. have to listen to superstars right it's not like it's not like a you know another situation where superstars there and it's like oh the GM shouldn't listen to the superstar and, and you know hire the coach that he wants or any of that they have to in order to get these guys to join there they have to sort of give them whatever they ask for and what we're seeing is and I called it the instant coffee of teams that's what it is it is the instant coffee of teams which is never going to be as good as homebrew they've got to dump out the pot and start again you can't build a team this way I was talking to you about this before where um I look at the Warriors and I say when they brought Kevin Durant in they had Stephen Curry they had Draymond they had Clay they had Steve Kerr they had a team that was a really good team a championship team a 73 win team and they brought a superstar in and had that as the unit, and that made sense. Same thing with um, LeBron joining Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosh joining Dwayne Wade in Miami. They had a team, they had a championship team, they have Pat Riley, they have Spolstra. LeBron comes in and wants to change the coach, and Pat Riley, like, it's not going to happen. Not under yeah, my watch. This that's is not gonna team. happen with Pat Riley. And, and despite the fact that LeBron James is the best player I've ever seen in basketball in 2012-2013, I don't think I'll, I'll ever watch a player at that height, he could not dictate how the team was going to operate and it wasn't his team. He might have been the one winning finals MVP, but it was Dwayne Wade's team. Post LeBron James, still Dwayne Wade's team. Same thing with Kevin Durant in Golden State. It was always Curry's team. It didn't matter who won finals MVP. Post Kevin Durant, it's still Curry's team. And when you look at the Nets, it's no one's team. Who is the star there? Who, what is the team that was built up? What is the culture there? What is the stability there? They don't have that because they just try to make a team like an instant coffee thing and it's just not working for them. It's an issue that the Clippers ran into initially too where we were talking about who's their leader? What do they have? And it just so happened that they were able to build a team and build that culture when their two stars were hurt. And now when their two stars come back, I kind of have them penciled in as the best team in the league, but they needed it. It almost felt like they needed that time away where they could hire a great coach and they can develop players around and build that team culture. And now we see Paul George operating in it. And when Kawhi comes back, theoretically he will, but you need that culture. You need that stability. And the Nets just don't have that. Yeah, that makes sense. Warriors have all the culture and we can't stop hearing about heat culture. So, you know, but I'm still over it, tired of them. I don't want to hear any more about the Nets. Let's get this over with. Come to, come to Toronto. Take a second and see if win a championship here. We've got the culture, so I can tell you. <laughs> All right, so I'm so excited to bring on Mark Spears, senior MBA writer for ESPN and also the man that brought me stress and changed my whole weekend plans when he let the world know that the Warriors have interest in Kevin Durant. Mark Spears, please welcome and talk to us because I need to know why this is happening and why the Warriors and Kevin Durant are considering a potential reunion. First of all, thanks for having me on the show and I'm glad you guys took over for them two dudes. (laughs) You know, just don't, just don't take their jobs from them. They got families and they got to pay bills and everything. But but to, to you both, keep changing the game. Um, um, very, very cool to see what you guys are doing. And what was the question? <laughs> well, so how did this come about? Because we were all just proceeding and there were a list of teams that Kevin Durant provided where he was interested in being traded to. And the Warriors weren't on that list. And then all of a sudden... Yeah. 
I wake up over the weekend and there's reporting from you. You're on ESPN Radio, and then you had you know that tweet that was just up, but that there's there's there seems to be some interest, and I know Marcus Thompson wrote about it some more later that weekend. Yeah, and it seems like the the interest is mutual on some level. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's mutual. Um, you know, certainly there was an odd divorce there um, when they had went to three straight finals. And uh, so a lot of people wonder, like, how could he go back? Why would he go back? Why would they want him back? Oh, he's Kevin Durant, <laughs> like I said. And, and so I, I think that Bob Myers was essentially doing his due diligence and calling and seeing, you know, if they could potentially look into it. I mean, certainly um, from a futures standpoint, such a move could be costly. I mean, hypothetically, you know, you would have to include names like Wiggins and Wiseman and... and Moody and Poole and, you know, um, Kaminga, those could be names involved financially and also to adhere to what the Nets want. And what I've been told that the Nets want is they want a young all-star or a future all-star. Well, those guys are all on that list right there. Um, Obviously, they would want draft picks and the potential to swap draft picks. But if you're getting a collection of great young talent, those are your draft picks. I mean, draft picks, you don't know what you're going to get. Here, you know what you're going to get. And these, you know, you had mentioned earlier that uh, about Siakam's age, um, well, other than Wiggins, all these guys, uh, I believe, are under 25. Right. So, you know, yeah, the Warriors would be mortgaging their future, and yeah, the Nets would probably have to trade, they would have to trade Ben Simmons uh, in order to accommodate a deal that will include Wiggins, but right, I was going to ask about that. I wonder if the Warriors that. are getting to the part where they're starting to think in a Yankee mindset, where look, forget about the future. We're trying to win now. We're trying to ride the Steph Curry wave as hard as we can until he shoots his last three. Right. And if you bring Kevin in, uh, I think that yeah, I think they're the favorites going to next season, but they're the super favorites after that, right? Assuming they're healthy. Then another thing you're thinking about is, okay, what if Kyrie goes to the Lakers, right? Are, are you the favorites anymore? Um, what about if Kevin goes to Phoenix, which is, is certainly possible. Kevin has a great relationship with Monty Williams and they have a package that they could do as well. Um, it, it's kind of like an arms race. You might want Kevin Durant just to keep him from going to Phoenix, right? Or to basically counter what the Lakers could potentially be doing. So I think there's some gamemanship as well. But, you know, Kevin still has a great relationship with Stephen Curry and Bob Myers. The fact that he and Draymond did a podcast together means that they're still brothers. You know, they're like just two (laughs) brothers that fight all the time. They're fine. Uh, Perhaps the only thing they'd have to work on is, uh, you know, him and Kerr getting on the same page. But ultimately, I know the way Steve is, he'd, he'd figure it out. So I know the Vegas odds, like right now, favor the Suns first, and I think the Raptors second. Yeah. Um, where do the, I mean, where, what is you, you know, your experience, your gut, whatever you're hearing, who do you mm-hmm. think really has, is like the front runner to potentially get him? Or is this even going to happen? Or is like, are the Nets going to just, um, <laughs> you know, stand pat? Well, I, Miami, I, I get the gist that they don't really want to move out of bio. Right. Okay. And I think that Adebayo would certainly have to be moved in such a deal. So I wonder how interested is Miami really when they have put so much time 
so much love. I got so much heart into their homegrown guy and Bam Adebayo. Um, that to me kind of maybe lowers Miami from that potential list. Okay. Phoenix is certainly high on the list because of his relationship with Monty Williams, because of Kevin's relation. I mean, uh, you know, Chris Paul being who he is certainly will make life easier for KD. And then you have another superstar in book, but obviously Aiton might be gone. Uh, Bridges might be gone. So yeah, they're going to sacrifice their wing depth. Yeah. They? So, so then if you do that, like what's left, that's the problem I think with Toronto is if you move them to Toronto, like what's left to compete with, I can't see Kevin, like ultimately the Nets have the cachet to say where he goes but only to a certain extent. If he doesn't want to go somewhere, then how do they really make that trade on the other side? Like, uh, you're not going to trade in Oklahoma City, right? You're not going to want to go back there. And So it basically, to me, the list gets smaller and smaller and smaller because not only I assume Kevin wants to be moved to a place where he's happy, but also a place where he can win a title. Right. So if you make a trade, if, if the Warriors trade their young guys for him, Steph's still there, Clay's still there, Draymond's still there, uh, they could still win a title. And so that's why I think what I initially said um, on ESPN Radio is with each passing day, I wonder if the allure of going back to Golden State, a place where he knows the arena, he had a nice crib in San Francisco downtown overlooking the whole bay had an amazing view like on a hundredth floor he knows what restaurants he likes he knows how to play with those guys he knows the system like to me that's the easiest adjustment and if they move those young guys for him they're still the super the big three is still there so then you just fill in the blanks with some minimum contracts so I just wonder with each passing day for the Nets, for both sides, does the Warriors package, not knowing particularly what it would be or what would make the Nets happy, the, the youth of the talent that they have, if I'm the Nets, to me, like that's about as attractive a, of a deal as, as I could get. And if you want Kevin back, it's going to cost you. It's right. going to cost you dearly. Yeah, I'm not sure if Lakob is willing to deal with that cost, but... Because they seem very I, invested my guess in the youth is Laker wants another as many banners as possible while Steph is there. I, That's my, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not speaking for him, but I, I just being in the Bay, there's a sense there's a, this taste, a championship taste now. Of course, that I think it's the race to win with Steph rather than to pass the torch like the Spurs for the future. I, I think they're like, look, we. We're going to squeeze Steph as much as possible and put him in the best position to win and figure the rest out later. But they they are in position for the future. But the fact that you make that call tells me that you're willing to give up that future, right? Because that's what it's going to take to get Kevin. We'll see. I mean, the Warriors really haven't done that much in this free agency. They let a lot of guys go. Um, They signed on. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah. they signed Dante. They re-signed um, Kevon Looney. And so yeah. um, they still have to fill out that roster, but we just haven't heard much from them right now. So I wonder if that's because they're contemplating Kevin Durant. Are they waiting for the market yeah. to shake out? So it, it's going to be interesting to see. You brought up the Lakers. Um, and 
you know, there's a lot going on with the Lakers always. Um, so Jeannie over the weekend tweeted something that kind of <laughs> seemed cryptic and people didn't know yeah. what to make of it. There's also been a lot of talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, they have a new head coach. Do you think Kyrie is a player Ham would want to get over on the team? And, you know, I mean, I know people are kind of banking on Bron and Kyrie's past relationship and sort of Bron being able as the leader to manage some of what comes with Kyrie. But like, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want a talent with like Kyrie? But then it doesn't seem like the market right now is really active for him either. Yeah, well, I, I agree with Jeannie Buss. I miss KB too. I oh, definitely uh, miss him. Kobe? And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll never not miss him. Um, it, it's still getting to the point now where I'm getting just comfortable listening to his video interviews again. And I, and I do wonder what kind of impact he'd have in this crazy world, because I do believe people of all walks of life, no matter how beautiful or dark their heart is, could have been impacted by his words and his actions uh, in terms of diversity and making the world a better place. Um, but Do you yeah, think that's those, all her tweet are, was, reminiscing no, no, about Kobe? I'm just telling you what I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> I, uh, what is she thinking, though? <laughs> yeah, I don't, hey, you can go a lot of ways with that one. Um, uh, uh, I, I'll give her the benefit of doubt, I guess, because I don't, I don't know her that well and just think that's some Kobe reminiscing. Um, but I talked to Darvin Ham. I got a big story in Anscape tomorrow talking about him. And he told me in terms of the speculative stuff, um, you know, I can't, he can't specifically talk about somebody that's not on his team. But he, he told me that he, he, he watches TV and the History Channel. And he doesn't pay attention to rumors for what that's worth. But okay. he did say he has a great, great plan for Westbrook. And they've had some very solid meetings and he gave me some in other insight that I want you guys to wait and read the story and, and hear okay. what he has to say about Russ. But I, I think he feels like if Russ is on the roster, he can make him the Russ of old. Okay. So, um, well, that would be also, huge for the Lakers if true. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it has to be right. If he's there, but I, I right. can see Darwin. Darwin's a no nonsense one. Keep it 100 guy not intimidated by anything will let you know he's from Saginaw, Michigan, you know, and, and seen some stuff. So nothing scares him. And so I think he's always going to be honest with LeBron, Anthony Davis, the franchise. That's all he's ever been. And right. um, he's also a former player. So the players have seemed to bite into uh, the former NBA player uh, being their coach and doing well with that. So I, I really like, you know, Darwin has like 14 years of experience, learned a lot under uh, Coach Bud. I expect him to do a great job, whether it's Kyrie there or Russ there. He, he's been uh, waiting for this moment. And even though it's a huge moment for a rookie head coach, I don't think he's your typical rookie head coach. Okay. All right. So you said that drops tomorrow? Drops tomorrow morning. Okay. All right. I need to definitely check that out because I'm really curious to see um, well, no, I'm gonna have what? another de debate issue for you tomorrow. Once you read it, you'll 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 have a couple. Like I said, okay. I gotta save some stuff. I gotta save some stuff. I know. I want to know because you know I feel like I often, you know, it's always like no one's gonna trade for Russ with that contract, and then I always start to see people talking themselves into Russ, and I, I don't know. 
I mean, obviously he's on the team right now, so the, the Lakers have to plan as though he's on the team. But you hear, mm-hmm. like, the fans talking, and some are divided on it. Um, it didn't seem to be a great fit last year. I know they had yeah. injuries and all of that stuff, but it didn't seem to be a great fit last year. So yeah, I'm just really wondering this, what he could uh, do. I, I am keeping my eye on the Indiana Pacers. Okay. Um, there has been some. I've heard that they could potentially still be interested in, in moving out some big salaries, like Miles Turner, who's actually in Africa mm. right now. Um, okay. For the first time. And also Buddy Heal. Both of them have big contracts, but I think financially they match up pretty well with Russ's deal. So if okay. you move Russ to, that's the thing that makes it, Russ a deal more attractive now than say a year ago, is that he's in the final year of his deal. Right, so right. So that 47 million, there are teams out there that are like, you know what, we kind of want to start from scratch. We take that big contract that erases basically dang near $50 million from our books. Right. Okay. And so there are some teams out there that want to, some owners like, ah, eh, this team ain't that great. Let's start over. And I think Indiana is one of them. You know, they they traded Sabonis. They traded Malcolm Brogdon recently. And so I, I don't think they're done. So that, to me, is something that I think the Nets also need to be worried about. It, you know, there's not a lot of places for Kyrie's salary where they could they could go. Right. So if they are really interested in making that deal, I mean, they got to be careful because perhaps if the Lakers really want to do a rust deal and, and the Nets are dragging their feet, they at any time could send him to Indiana. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. I'm going to be looking out for that story tomorrow because I want to know what Mr. Ham is going to do with uh, Russ, definitely. Thank you for coming on and chopping it up with me. Appreciate it so much. A legend, Mark Spears. Thank you for the love and continued success. Thank you. Uh, Welcome, welcome to the show, Chris Barnett founder of Hoop Spaces, an NBA content creator on Twitter Spaces, um, one of my favorites. Chris, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Um, you founded Hoop Spaces, as I mentioned, and Spaces kind of took over Twitter, and you were one of the people who were like a part of it as far as like NBA Twitter and bringing NBA content. And you guys have grown. You've had like features in the times and you've really grown and have taken social audio um, to the next level in terms of, you know, bringing it for NBA content and on Twitter. So can you tell us a little bit about Hoop Spaces, the vision behind it and what you're trying to do? You know, I love taking part in it and coming up and speaking. Um, and I do really like the fact that it's an inviting place for women. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Hey, first, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of what you do, and I'm a huge fan of Brother from Another. And and as you stated, like, it's a place where you feel safe to come in and, and just talk ball. And, and what's really cool about it is it's a platform that allows you uh, to actually talk about your team with a whole bunch of fans that might not be fans of your team. And, and that's kind of like missing in the national discourse talking about the NBA and the WNBA. A lot of echo chambers and, and home, you know, equity here. But what we're trying to do is allow you to say, hey, this is my fandom. I want to express my fandom. What do you think? And, and just really have a good conversation about basketball. Uh, we got former players come in, reporters uh, such as yourself, uh, media personalities. It's a great show every Monday through Friday. 
It definitely is. And so what 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 have the t Twitter streets been talking about? Because there's a lot going on in free agency and there's sort of not a lot going on. Like the first couple of days are always really active. Right. And then it kind of tapers off. And then, you know, we get excited just because we love the drama. That's what happens in the NBA. Um, so there was news. Kevin Durant wants out in a trade, even though Kyrie Irving opted in, you know, um, the Lakers might trade, you know, trade for him. And so that's been dominating, at least from what I see, like Twitter and the news cycle, because people are just waiting, like, because I kind of feel like what they do determines the rest of free agency. Um, but what, what are the Twitter streets talking about? Uh, that, that is a big thing. Kevin Durant has basically got the entire free agency grinding to a halt, really trying to figure out what he's doing if he's going to Phoenix. Uh, Toronto. I throw out Philadelphia all the time. Uh, but also what they're talking about on Twitter is how good the Los Angeles Clippers are going to be next season. Uh, that they've had a really impactful offseason. They bring back Amir Coffey on a great three-year deal. They bring back Nicholas Batum on a great two-year deal. John Wall gets bought out of Houston. He comes over on a two-year deal that's team-friendly. And they resign uh, re Ivaka Zubak uh, great in the middle. It cost him Isaiah Hartenstein, so they'll be short another big. But if you put in a healthy PG and Kawhi with the depth uh, that the Clippers have with Norm Powell also returning, that's what a lot of people on Twitter are starting to talk about. And the other one is how surprisingly good the Lakers have been despite the limited resources they have to invest in free agency. Uh, going from, you know, not even talking free agency, but a little bit creative picking certain players for their summer league team, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr., Sharif O'Neal. It, it's an outstanding uh, work of art that Polinka pulled off. Drafting Max Christie, you have players who've been around the league and they understand it. But then you bring in Juan Toscano Anderson, who might end up being like the most dollar-for-dollar -dollar important free agent signing the Lakers can make, right? You bring in a young guy like Troy Brown Jr. He can guard multiple wing defenders. Thomas Bryant returns to L.A. It looks like Dwight Howard might be out. But the real coup is San Antonio releasing their qualifying offer for Lonnie Walker, who immediately walks in as an upgrade at the two position over Austin Reeves and Avery Bradley, who they rolled out there last year. And it's going to be a great, you know, supporting cast that Darvin Ham might be able to actually work, you know, around a LeBron and healthy AD. Uh, and then a lot of people are paying attention to Milwaukee. They brought everybody back, but it seems okay. as though they're bringing everybody back for maybe a potential future trade as well to give Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday maybe another shooter because that seems what they're, they're short on from last season. Okay, the Lakers. Do you think they're going to end up getting Kyrie or they're going to run it back with who they have in some upgrades? I, you know what? These, these deals line up a great pathway for a Kyrie, uh, Kyrie trade, whether it's a three-team uh, with Indiana, as Mark Spears was talking about earlier, or, or maybe they rope in Oklahoma City for some uh, picks and some cap space. I think if we know what Kyrie does probably by the end of summer uh, league, whether he's going to ask for a trade and really push it, but right now everything kind of points that they're going to run it back. You had made the point that that's probably the best path for them to win. Uh, I would kind of disagree on KD. I think Toronto or Philadelphia uh, or Golden State would be his best path. But if you add in Kyrie, uh, it is definitely in Brooklyn that they both need to stay.
Yeah, so I mean, I'd agree that the Warriors would be his best path, but I'm not convinced that they've invested so much into the youth movement. I'm just not convinced that Lacob wants to just forsake that now. So I don't know. I'm not convinced on that, but we'll have to see. Um, I don't take what Mark Spears said lightly. You know, Marcus Thompson also did some reporting. He put out a story and he said it's unlikely, but you know, things can change very quickly in free agency. But I'm not that moved by Kevin Durant going to the Raptors or the Sixers and them, you know, automatically becoming title favorites because it depends on like what they're giving up, you know? And so I would have to know what they're giving up. Um, so what, if, if the Nets stay the same, right? What do you think about the East? Because the, the Hawks, no one's kind of talking about them, but they acquired DeJounte Murray and that was a pretty big pickup for them. It's going to help their defense immensely. Um, and he's someone great, I think, to pair with uh, Trey. It's going to be an outstanding backcourt, maybe even opening up day one, top five. Uh, DeJounte Murray is going to allow Trey to really develop this off-ball game, which we all understand that's his next step to elevate, is learning how to play and run the offense and manipulate the offense off-ball, a la Steph Curry. Uh, but one thing they also did is they provided a pathway to get a third superstar. You have John Collins, who's been in and out the trade rumors, but he's only at $23 million for cap. You move out Kevin Herter. You, you have plenty of younger pieces, Onyeka Okongwu, uh, Jalen, to put in there, Sharif Cooper, multiple first rounds, and you can really pick up mm, a, a third player that might be disgruntled. Or maybe you get in on a third team or fourth team and try to angle your way not for a Kevin Durant, but maybe Miles Turner comes available in a three or four team, well, you end up putting him on that team and you take care of the rim protection that you need. And then all of a sudden, Atlanta is looking really dangerous. The, the biggest problem they're going to have is losing Gallo loses another shooter. And right now, right. that means Bogey is probably their best non-Trey Young shooter. And right now, if that's the case, that's who they need to go after with the remaining targets of free agency. Okay, so you mentioned when talking about hoop spaces earlier, you know, you cover the NBA and the WNBA. So, All-Star, it's coming up this uh, weekend. Are you excited about that? WNBA All-Star in Chicago. Uh, I am. I, I was going to try to make it because I'm just one state over. And, and what I'm actually, I'm really excited for, this is, this is going to be hilarious. Chicago has four players in the All-Star game, right? But they didn't get all four on the same team. Like, I want to know why Courtney Vandersloot is not with her teammates. And I want to see <laughs> Courtney Vandersloot take it to every single one. I want, I, I, I want Team Stewart, I mean, sorry, uh, Team Wilson, right, to go ahead and give her ISOs out on the wing and just let her attack them one-on-one, -on -one, old-fashioned, uh, in the street ball. Because I think that'll be uh, absolutely hilarious if we see Vandersloot go up against Emma. Um, I want to see Skylar Diggins-Smith uh, in the All-Star game because there is an All-Star game uh, happening in Chicago. For sure, and there is an All-Star game happening. <laughs> and that, I, I wake up happy every day uh, knowing that. And, and also, uh, I want to see Ryan Howard. Uh, we, we know she's phenomenal, uh, Rookie of the Month winner. And I really want to see uh, how she handles this moment because, you know, we're, we're approaching a change in the W 
where we see the, the older players exit out. We see, you know, Sue Bird getting ready to retire. Uh, we see Sylvia Fowles, shout out to the great Sylvia Fowles, getting ready to retire. Now yeah. we get to see the Ryan Howard say, thank you for building what I get to play in. I got it from here. Let's see what the future holds. That's, that's just sure. my, you know, goosebumps. It's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you so much, Chris, for being on. Um, can't thank you enough for all you do um, with uh, Hoop Spaces. And you know I will be there tomorrow morning so we can talk more Hoop. Take care. Have a great rest of the day, Chris. Thank you. I mean, I had an immense fun time. Thank you, Matt. See you later. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> My ladies, welcome back, Iman, and also Sabria Whitaker, two of my fellow hoopstresses. I'm so delighted to see you both on here. Um, we already talked about Iman earlier, so you guys, just she's back. But also Sabria Whitaker, who is a force. Um, you should remember her. She's another friend of the show. She spearheads our, our coverage of the WNBA for the Hoopstresses. She's also the founder of Grow the Game, and she knows everything that needs to be known and said about the WNBA. So, Sabria, welcome, welcome. Thank you for that amazing intro, and thank you for letting me come back. <laughs> of course, she also happens to be one of my sorors. Just shout out to DST real quick. But anyway... <laughs> So, Sabria, um, there's a lot going on. You're at the center of the WNBA universe right now because you are in Chi-Town and the WNBA All-Star Game will be in Chi-Town. And we need to talk about that. There's been some breaking news today. So let's just get into it. Um, and as, as far as All-Star, there will definitely be a game, right? Because <laughs> there were some remarks made that, you know, there wouldn't be an All-Star Game because uh, a certain player would not be playing um and that yes. kind of played out on w <laughs> on WNBA twitter so that was pretty hilarious but there's definitely going to be a game and it's only right of course that they um made um Brittany Griner an honorary all-star as she should be um you know her right now she just kind of the story around her and what's happening with her kind of hangs over the league as it should because it's important and we need to keep talking about it. And just a few days ago, um, a letter was released that she wrote to um, Joe Biden. So what are your thoughts as we head into All-Star um, with the letter just coming out and Brittany Griner? Um, well, at first, you know, my thoughts were of concern just to, to make sure that the letter was well received. And actually, Shannon Crawford um, confirmed with NBA today, yesterday, that President Biden has, in fact, received and read her letter. So I'm hoping that that can provide, you know, Sherelle and all of the WNBA fans and players some some much needed comfort in this time. And I'm hoping that they're going to do everything that they can to get her back home. Okay. Now you're you're working with the league right now, like on fan engagement and stuff like that. So is there anything during like the the weekend that's going to be going on aside from just making her an honorary all star to kind of keep this keep her top of mind for everyone? So I'm 
I have not heard anything from the league officially on any of those events, but like you said, WNBA Twitter, there are a lot of people who are um, planning some things and making sure that there is um, a rally or at least a place to get some merch and have some conversations to make sure that visually we are still rooting for her to get home and making a statement to those that can do that. Okay, so I don't want to monopolize the questions, but I have one more that, you know, because I definitely want, I know Iman has some questions for you, but um, Skylar Dickens, she will (laughs) be playing in the All-Star game, but also um, there was some news that dropped today that um, the Mercury might be thinking of trading her. So, like, can you tell us, because that was happening as I was, like, driving here, so I'm not even up to date on it. So can you tell us what's going on and, and, and what's happening? Why is this even a discussion right now? Yeah, I mean, anyone who has kind of been on WNBA Twitter and kind of, you know, watching these post-game interviews is not a, it's not a surprise. Um, earlier in the season, we saw some footage of uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith and her teammate Diana Taurasi um, getting into a little argument on the bench. Things got heated. That went uh, a little viral. And then recently, the comments that you alluded to earlier of her coach making comments about, you know, Diana Taurasi's not in the All-Star game, so there will be a game happening in Chicago but it won't be an all-star game. And so, you know, people took to that and said, well, wait a minute, coach, you know, you have your star player here who is in fact an all-star who has been carrying this team. And, you know, she made a comment on Twitter with the clown emoji. We don't know if she was calling the fans clowns, you know, for not voting BGN or if she was talking to her coach. We don't know. But the last game they played, Skylar had been holding that team on and the last minute shot went to Diana. And, and fans were rightly confused. So it's, it's not shocking to us over here that, you know, there are trade rumors going about right now. There was also, I can't remember which game it was, but like they were like, Skylar was leaving the court and it looked like her and the coach also got like in a little back and forth. So there's definitely been some friction. So I guess it's not that surprising, but it's just, I don't know, interesting to me that the news is like breaking like today like you know a couple of days before all-star that's i think that's what's interesting to me well we saw some tweets yesterday of people reminding us because she's not the only player that has taken to social media or tiktok or twitter to talk about their coach and literally yesterday someone tweeted the trade deadline has not passed so i'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of this stuff um this week or two Amon, did you? I know you had questions, and I'm sorry. I just feel like I, I was going. honestly, I I wanted to I wanted to dig into more of that dig in dig ins um pun there, but um, <laughs> I wanted to dig into that. I, I'm glad that you sort of mentioned it. I was going to talk specifically about the game where Diana did get the last shot and what the sort of ramifications of that are. To find out today that there are trade rumors, which I didn't even hear until right now, kind of makes sense. And one of my favorite things, low key, has been WNBA stars. NBA stars getting on social media and letting themselves sort of do the talking and let us know exactly what the T is on their situations and what they're happy with and what they're unhappy with. Specifically, what are you looking forward to? I want to focus back to All-Star Weekend. What are you looking forward to most this All-Star Weekend in Chicago? 
Well, actually, I'm looking forward to just, one, going to my first WNBA All-Star, but the first one that Chicago has ever had. And so I'm really excited to be working um, with the league on some fan engagement things. As Nat mentioned earlier, we are actually going to be over the next few days doing some um, some you know, guerrilla marketing, some fan engagement on social media, and we'll be giving away passes to Saturday's three-point and skills competition, which are closed to the public. So we have a lot of, you know, autographed jerseys, autographed basketballs that we'll be giving away, and hopefully, you know, bridging that gap between fans, the players, and the league. I love that. Chicago's kind of becoming an epicenter for the WNBA. We're going to have the tournament there. We've got the All-Star game there. Possibly back-to-back champs and- as well. And possibly the Commissioner's Cup. Unfortunately, I did have to watch us lose this game to Minnesota right before hopping on here, but the race is not over. And so if we get that Commissioner's Cup and go back-to-back, I think Chicago might be the WNBA city. Sorry, New York. (laughs) So, I mean, the remaining schedule for you and the Aces, who you guys are, like, in the running with for the Commissioner's Cup to host it, it's, it's kind of soft in terms of the teams uh, left to play. So what is your gut telling you? I know what you want. I know you want Chicago, but what's your gut telling you? Who's going to get it? My gut is telling me anything can happen because we just lost to Minnesota and Minnesota just beat the aces really bad. And we I... have Indiana coming up tomorrow. So that's the sky on a back-to-back away games. And Indiana beat us this season too. So Indiana is not a team you can count out with such a young team. My gut is telling me I have no clue and to just hold on for this ride because we are in for a good one. But if you guys just went out, then it's yours, right? Um, We would have to have a higher percentage of regular season games. So I think we have to win. So if we had not lost one because of Minnesota's win over the aces, we would have got it. But because we lost it today, it's still tied. So it comes down to who has the best record come tomorrow. And they're playing the Liberty, right? Yeah. So if, so I don't know, we have to win and they have to lose. Otherwise I think it's going to go to Vegas. (laughs) Well, the aces, they're probably not going to want to lose, right? Like, they've dropped, uh, well, yeah, four of the last six, I think it is. They, they just, I don't know. They haven't been looking at the Aces. Have you been watching them, Amon? I haven't caught too much of, of Aces basketball. This guy's also my team uh, here. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for it. Also, the Mercury, just because I'm Canadian and I love anywhere that Kia is. But um, I'm, I was just going to say, like, do we trust, do we trust the Aces to close out here? Do we trust the Aces because my money, if I'm going to put money down, I'm going to say Commissioner's Cup is happening in Chicago. I'm just going to say it right here. It just feels like the the energy is, is with you guys. It really does. All-Star game is happening. We got the champs. Why not? Well, I mean, hey, if you watched that game like, don't earlier. Jinx it. Don't jinx no, it. No, don't jinx it. But if you watched that game earlier, I'm calling it's a, it's a conspiracy right now with the way that that game was called earlier. So I don't know. The league might be on the phone telling them too much Chicago and maybe we're going to put it in Vegas. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we on our space, uh, well, the space that you hosted um, the other the other evening, we, we had a whole back and forth debate about um, Chicago versus 
first the aces and and where would be the best location for it. So I think people are pretty divided on this. Um, Either are going to be great locations, but let's talk about the aces a little bit. What is going on with them? Why are they struggling so much lately? They don't have the bench. I mean, you have the coaching, you have a a top MVP contender, probably um, most improved player. You have all the pieces, but the bench is just not strong enough. And those starters are tired. They're losing their legs in games early on that they should be winning. So I think, I don't know, they might be looking at Skyler if there's really going to be a trade happening because they definitely need some more pieces. For sure. Um, you know, there was some, uh, news that came out that, uh, Maya Moore had a baby back in February. She just moves in silence. Like, she's so, just moves in silence. It's so secretive. It's like, yo, it's July, right? We're in July. Yeah. My dates are a little off, but it's July. You had a baby in February? Like, nobody knew? that You're an insider, Sabria. So did you have any knowledge or you, you are like the rest of us? I had no clue. And it's crazy because we were just saying the same thing about Candace Parker when she made her announcement that she had been married and had a child. Now that I knew, and only because I'm in Chicago. So, you know, I see things, but I had no clue about this. I mean, if you, did you see the pictures? He is adorable. Yes. He's a cutie. A cutie. And all of WNBA Twitter is like, oh, well, we're never getting Maya back, but congratulations to her and her beautiful family. Well-deserved. But if she wants to, you know, share a little bit more of her life with us, we would love her back. So are we calling Maya Moore a retired WNBA star at this point? Do you think she's making a comeback? So I don't ever want to force a player into retirement, but I am a person that pays attention to words and words mean things. And so when she went on Good Morning America yesterday to make the announcement, um, Robin Gibbons tweeted a former WNBA star. So I don't know if that's, you know, her hinting because she sees the comments and us calling for Maya on Twitter. I don't know. I think it's up, obviously up to her to say, but it's not looking too good for fans. I just, I just don't want to accept that she's retired. Like, it's that little, 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 little bit of hope, right? Because, I mean, truth be told, I mean, she was really one of the people in the running for the GOAT, right? Oh, yes. Generational talent. We'll never see another Maya Moore again. I appreciate that, though, she decided there are things bigger than basketball. I need to take a step back to do something that she felt was her calling. And I totally respect someone walking away from something that they're so incredibly gifted at, that they're in the top 1% of the world of, and say there's something bigger here. And now she's a mom, and I'm sure it's just happy and this is the blessed life that she chose and I can be happier for her. It sucks as fans that we don't get to watch one of the goats on the court, but I'm so happy that she fulfilled her calling and is a mama now. Yes. And, and she is set to, um, going to the hall of fame, I think later on this year in Minnesota, which is an eight hour drive from me. So me and my Maya Moore Jersey will be making that trip to Minnesota and I will just stand outside of my Sharpie and hope and pray that I can get my (laughs) autograph and then I will just leave it alone forever. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, can you just tell us really quickly, because we're about to wrap, but really quickly about the scavenger hunt that you have planned, because that was mm. so cool. And I just like people to know the work that you're doing with Grow the Game. 
Yes, thank you. So the Grow the Game um, WNBA All-Star Adventure is what we're calling it. Make sure you're following Grow the Game at Grow the Game W. We will have the official flyer and details dropping later on today. And we will have giveaways for the rest of this week and you don't want to miss them. Ah, Sabria, like I told y'all, she is a force. Aman is a force to both of these ladies. So thank you so much for coming on with me today. My fellow Hoopstresses, continue pushing out great content and being the woman you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, too.